Hello, true crime lovers. This is your host, Haley. And this is Richa. And you are listening to Dimes of Crime. Anyways, I am drinking water today. And I think Rich is probably drinking water. (laughs) Yeah. Yep. Water it is. Unless someone can change the time difference between Hawaii and California. I think we're, I'm going to be stuck with water for for a while. But for everyone else, you guys can drink while you listen to us. It's up to you. No pressure. We, um... We're talking about my vacation that I was supposed to take. I was supposed to go to Florida, and it got canceled due to the hurricane. So I am praying for Cuba and Florida and everybody who is going to be affected by the hurricane. And hopefully it's not as bad as the news makes it out to be. I got married during a hurricane, and it was nothing more than some rain. So that's what I'm hoping for this hurricane. Yeah, hopefully it's not anything too bad. Um, for anyone and this is out of topic not off, not completely off topic but the thing that I was excited for Haley when she was going on vacation was to finally try Publix <laughs> which is not <laughs> yeah. going to happen anytime soon I do um, want to try Publix is it live up to the hype I don't know Haley will have to decide for herself <laughs> when and if she goes <laughs> I've been I think it's like a fancy grocery store it's i the only thing i can think about Publix is that it's very well organized it's easy to find things it's not like any other grocery store where i've been like i'd never been to a Publix, and i instantly knew where things were without having to look around for like 20 minutes (laughs) but maybe that's just me being completely disoriented at my own grocery stores so i don't know right well disclaimer for today's episode is I don't really know. I mean, it could be triggering for some. Obviously, this is true crime. Listen with your headphone on. Not for children. This is for people who like to hear stories like this with the mindset that we are sympathetic to the victims and the victims' families. So, listen yep. with discretion. All right. That's a good word, discretion. I like it. It's a good <laughs> use of the word. Right. Viewer discretion is advised. All right. Well, this is listener discretion. Yeah. Sometimes, like, I feel like after we don't record for so many weeks, I feel so awkward behind the mic. <laughs> like, I don't know what to say. But here we are. Yeah. It's it's interesting because I never know how, like, we, so you guys don't see this, but we start talking before we hit record just to catch up and on life and each other's, like, days and so then we hit record and we instantly go into Richa and Haley on the podcast version and it's completely different. <laughs> yeah, that's funny for sure. I'm also recording in a different bedroom and the bedroom behind me is my son's bedroom, which he has uh, his sound machine on. And with his sound machine is also spa music because they play spa music at his daycare when he goes to sleep. So now he can't sleep without it. So if you hear wow. some really relaxing music in the background, I thought it could add to the ambience of the episode. Wait, so, so it's it's white noise and spa music? Yes. How does that work? It's just like, Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> yep. That's my child that's addicted to two things now instead of just one. Okay. So I'm trying to 
try to figure out how to do this so I can still see Rich's face, read this, and the mic. So, oh, right, and my phone going off. Okay, let's get into this episode <laughs> without further ado. I'm a reunion, a reunion of three childhood friends at a paradise island in the Eastern Caribbean for New Year's celebrations. Sounds like a dream holiday, but for Casey McPherson and Caleb, I'm going to mess it up already, Guillory, <laughs> the trip to Anguilla back in 2018 turned out to be a living nightmare that neither of them got out alive. Neither? Wow. Yep. 37-year-old Casey McPherson Pomeroy was described as an outgoing, happy-go-lucky person who always made whatever situation fun. He grew up in Eagle Point, Oregon, before moving to Los Angeles in 2004 to pursue a career as an actor and producer. Casey did eventually score minor screen roles such as Police Officer in The Bold and the Beautiful, but in the end, life in Hollywood didn't play out as he would have hoped, and Casey described decided to try something totally different. In mid-2018, Casey and his wife, 62-year-old, yes, 62 years old, and he is 37, Barbara Fearson Pomeroy moved to the tropical island of Anguilla. Although the island is home to just about 16,000 people, you can study medicine there in the American Medical School, and that is what Casey was going to do. That's a 25-year-old age gap i was trying to do the math this entire time that you were describing that <laughs> when you right said now. 37 and i was like that can't like, be right because these guys are really good looking like i like they're both our types for sure oh so i, I was like oh, what are they thinking of them later <laughs> be with them later yeah, I might have to two years them. older but yeah google them for sure um Although the island is home to just about 60,000 people. Okay. Four months after settling into their new home during a study break in December, Casey invited two of his childhood friends, Caleb Guillory and Chuck Gross, as well as their wives, Carly and Alicia, to spend New Year in Anguilla. Case, Caleb, and Chuck had been friends since they were nine years old. Growing up in the small community of Eagle Point, the boys' family lived within two miles of each other. The trio was inseparable. Wherever one of them went, the two followed along. Wait, do, you know what's, up, do we know what state this is? Or did I miss it? They're in the Caribbean in Anguilla. Oh. Before okay. that, they're from um, Eagle Point, Oregon. Okay. I was like, Eagle Point sounds like something in the United States, but Anguilla doesn't. Okay, sounds good. Now I'm on the same page. Yeah. Okay, Caribbean yeah. today, but from Eagle Point, Oregon originally. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, Casey, or is it Caleb? Sorry. Casey moved with his older wife, Barbara, to Anguilla, and they're inviting their other friends to come to their home in Anguilla and, like, have a reunion and hang out. So, where am I now? So, growing up in the small community of Eagle Point, the boys' family lived within two miles of each other. The trio was inseparable. Growing up, Caleb was also always over at our house, and that the same with Chuck. I remember growing up and these three big boys growing, going everywhere with us. Although life eventually took Casey, Caleb, and Chuck in different directions, and over 3,500 miles apart, their friendship never changed, and the three would have reunions whenever possible. So when Casey, a Casey asked his friends to fly down 
for the week between Christmas and New Year, they said yes without hesitation, having no way of knowing this would be their last time together. Whoa. Ominous. After arriving in Anguilla, the three men and their wives spend several days enjoying the tropical island and each other and each other's company, likely having the time of their lives. But on December 30th, everything changed when the couples returned to Casey and Barbara's apartment at about 9 p.m. from a local beach bar. Moments after stepping into the home, Caleb realized he had forgotten his shoes at the bar. And the bar was located... How do you forget shoes? I guess it's a beach town, so it makes sense. Yeah, I was like, definitely could be in the sand with shoes or without, you know. Then why would you take your shoes? Sorry, that's like a weird detail to get hung up on, but it's just weird that someone forgets their shoes somewhere. Okay, never mind. Yeah, and also makes you question, like, how drunk are they, right? Yeah, true. It's fair. So forgets the bar was located. he tries to go back. Yeah, the bar was located a couple minutes a walk away from the apartment. So Caleb headed back to retrieve his flip-flops together with Casey. And living in Maui, like, I just lost a pair of flip-flops at the beach, like, last week. And I had to go buy another pair because it was the last pair I had. And I didn't lose both. I just lost one. And the thing is that they're sand-colored, like they're tan. So I think it just got buried in the sand with the kids. (gasps) That's hilarious. Yeah, it's annoying. (laughs) But yeah. Or sometimes, sometimes, like, uh, Hokipa. Sometimes, like, I think people lose their slippers, like, they get stolen. Like, they can't find theirs, think it's theirs, so they take those ones, all kinds of stuff. This is so funny, and, you know, if this is my experience only as an Indian, then I apologize. But Drew always makes fun of me because every time we go somewhere, like, a beach or something, and I have to take a, take off slippers and or our stuff and put it away somewhere, and then all of us have to leave the stuff there and leave to go like play in the water or whatever it makes me so anxious because i automatically assume that other people want my stuff my grungy disgusting stuff and that it's gonna get stolen <laughs> and drew's like well, no I mean, one it wants does your happen, stuff <laughs> and drew always tells me like, no <laughs> one wants our stuff leave it alone <laughs> like no one's gonna take it yeah well, you never know the two friends were going only for about 30 minutes but during that time something seemed to have gone terribly wrong Shortly after returning to the apartment, Caleb suddenly collapsed in the living room, hit his head, and went unresponsive before stopping breathing. After realizing the seriousness of the situation, Chuck's wife, Alicia, ran to a neighbor residence and called emergency services at 9.49 p.m., asking for an ambulance because her friend wasn't breathing. Wait, sorry. I gotta stop because there's a lot of names with C's, and I'm getting confused. So So there's Caleb and Casey. Those Caleb are brothers. and Casey, no, all really good friends. Okay. And Chuck. Okay. And then there are the parents, who's the 25-year-old age gap. Barbara and Casey are married, and Casey is 37 and married to a 62-year-old woman, Barbara. Oh, all this time. Yeah. I th- <laughs> yeah. All this time, I thought, never mind. Okay. Okay. So Casey lives in Anguilla with his wife. With Barbara, who Got is it. 22 years older than him. Yeah. And he invited his friends over, Chuck and... Caleb. Caleb. And their okay. wives. Got it. Okay. So Chuck's wife, Alicia, ran to a neighborhood residence and called emergency services at 9 p.m., asking for an ambulance because her friend wasn't breathing. It took the police and EMTs, EMS, 15 minutes to arrive at the scene, 
and by then there was nothing to be done for Caleb. He was found lying on his back with his right eye swollen and his skin variegated in blue and black. Less than an hour after Caleb had been looking for his shoes at the beach, he was also pronounced dead at his friend's apartment. Oh, wait, sorry. Caleb was pronounced dead. As if this wasn't enough of a shock, Casey then also suffered a seizure in one of the bedrooms of the apartment. He was rushed to the Princess Alexandria Hospital, but died only minutes after arriving. So now two guys are dead. And one of them looks... His skin is, his eye is swollen, his skin is variegated, and he's blue and black. And when the emergency services are there trying to take care of Caleb, Casey starts having a seizure in the room above them. Hmm. Seems a and lot like, I don't know anything about this case, but the way you're describing what their bodies look like, it seems like a poisoning case. But maybe I'm that's wrong. what they, that's what, you know, that's what other people are going to agree with you. Oh, okay. And so they had walked to the bar and they were walking back. And both boys that were, were at the bar and came back are now dead. Okay. After two people of the same group had just died without any obvious explanation, the authorities took Barbara, Alicia, and Carly and Chuck to the hospital for a wellness check. But despite appearing somewhat absent-minded, none of the four presented any other worrying symptoms and were soon cleared by the medical staff. Barbara, Alicia, Carly, and Chuck were then taken to the police station and held in custody while investigation s- investigators searched the apartment for clues about what had happened. Hmm. According to the initial statements the surviving four friends gave to the police, Casey and Caleb had ordered one rum and coke at the beach bar to share. And when they went to look at, for Caleb's shoes, that drink was left on the ground unattended until the flip-flops were located and the two friends returned to the apartment. Um. Now curious how does anyone know that because the only people that were supposedly walking to the bar were them so how did they know that they got a rum and coke and it was unattended yeah moments later caleb was dead and casey started having seizures before dying 15 minutes later at the hospital it seemed like someone had spiked their drink the story however changed a bit a few days later when barbara alicia carly and chuck were released The strange thing is that although no charges of wrongdoing were brought against Casey and Caleb's wives and friends, they were still required to pay $40,000, which is $10,000 per individual to get out. Nobody knows what this fee was. Yeah, so they weren't charged with anything. So you know, you've been to foreign countries. You lived in India. Yeah, it's like different laws. Cops want to like... They basically, like, hustle you. Like, hey, we know you did this, but we're going to... If you pay us $10,000... Yeah, that's what I think is going on here. Oh, got it. So it wasn't even an actual law. They were just like, if you give us 40000 then we'll just let you go. Yeah, pretty much. That's what I think. I don't know for a fact. But that's what other people think. So they were released from custody that very same day. Barbara would file for her husband's $1.5 million life insurance policy. Oh, there it is. Now in the later written by her lawyer, Barbara claims she was actually with Casey and Caleb looking for his shoes. So now, not where they they're alone, but now Barbara was actually walked to the bar with them, and that's how they know about the drink. Hmm. Interesting. And while walking it back... It doesn't, like, add up. Right. <laughs> and while walking back home from the beach bar, all three were drinking from the same plastic cup. Barbara has said that she also became sick from the drink, and at the time Kayla collapsed to the floor, she was in the bathroom throwing up, which may be the only reason she survived. 
In the letter, Barbara added that she thinks that she thinks this was no accident and that someone intentionally tainted the drink while they were looking for Caleb's flip-flops. Still a rather strange move for her to file for the life insurance policy before any questions of what happened had been answered and autopsies were completed. Eh, I don't know. If you're... Okay, I'm just saying, like, I don't know how other people, you know, act or behave when someone they're close to or love so much passes away. But if, if her story is true, then it could mean that she's cashing out on the policy because no amount of grieving or yelling or sulking is going to bring her husband back. So it's like she needs to move on and she's like, okay, I need to just get this paperwork done so I can start that process. And or that's a pretty big incentive to kill your own husband. It also seems fishy that they were drinking from the same cup, but then two people died and the third person just threw up and survived. Like that doesn't seem right because the dosage in the glass would have been the same. Right. But it could also depend on how much you had of that drink. If you had more of the drink, if you just had a sip of that drink. Like, I feel like that might play a role. But I don't know. Again, I also, guess. like, I'm not, honest, a, I'm not a person who's an expert on poison. If my husband died, I think one of the first things I would be doing is looking for life insurance. And that's because we don't have that much money. So, like, I would be wondering, like, how am I going to pay for funeral expenses? How am I going to be getting by while I don't work? Because I'm grieving and taking care of our child for whatever amount of time. And, yeah. you know, just that kind of stuff. Flying our yeah. family here all kinds of things like i like you said like i don't necessarily think that's suspicious but there's other things in the story that definitely are going to lead a little bit more yeah 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 no i know this is like the we're this is sort of like a self-fulfilling prophecy right the only reason you mentioned the fact that there was an insurance policy policy that got cashed out in a true crime case is because that's possibly incentive for murder but i'm just saying everything aside that fact alone in a silo it doesn't Mm -hmm. point to a guilty verdict to me right but the story has also changed so that's a little interesting too so originally she said that she wasn't there and that she was at the house and now it's changed that she was there and also has the drink yeah so the fact that there is an insurance policy the fact that her story keeps shifting and now she's added the detail about oh, I possibly drank from the same cup and was sick. It just seems odd. These are details you would remember. Or like if that was the case, again, not saying this is how someone grieves. If that was the case, I would be so guilt-ridden. Like, oh my God, maybe it was meant for me and now my husband's dead or something. You know what I mean? Like it would be a weird notion to be like, I'm here and my husband's not here, even though we drank from the same thing. Right. Caleb and Casey's autopsies begin the same day their wives and friends were released from custody, and the coroner's report were completed on January 7, 2019. But instead of simply confirming the suspicions of a spiked drink, the findings only deemed the mystery. If the two friends had been poisoned, why were their injuries totally different? According to the autopsy report, Caleb had died from asphyxiation, strangulation, multiple blunt force trauma, and seizures. Multiple blunt force trauma. Someone hit him? Yeah, apparently. Oh. 
The coroner determined that Caleb had been strangled both manually and using a ligature, such as a belt or rope. His toxicology report showed lethal amounts of MDA and cocaine in his system at the time of his death. It's the fucking wives. Oh, I just realized our podcast is Dimes of Crime. Duh, it's the wives. Right. <laughs> well, we don't know that. But yeah, there's also Chuck there. So who knows? But I'm sure turn, it could be like a combined effort. But it's just, yeah. I mean, the fact that they collapse, there's only four other people in the house other than the two people that died. And mm-hmm. they're just claiming that they collapsed, but then the coroner saying there was clearly blunt force trauma and asphyxiation, like by by a person, which means the people who were present had to have been the one who participated in this. Right. Okay, so in turn, Casey died from pulmonary edema, cardiac toxic- toxicity, cardiac isphema, hypothermia, and seizures. MDA in his system. MDA, known as Sally, belongs to the same class of drugs as MDMA, known as Molly, Ecstasy, or several other names depending on the county. While both substances can cause similar effects such as feeling of empathy, emotional openness, and affection, MDA has more psychedelic effects and effects last longer. When taken in a typical recreation recreational situation mda or mdma produces blood levels in the range of high of 100 and to 250 ngml in casey's case the number was 6100 ngml more than 24 times than what could be considered normal whoa oh so he was on molly basically yeah or ecstasy or whatever that's what we call it here in the u.s Interestingly, when Barbara and Casey's apartment was searched immediately after their deaths, the police found what appeared to be illegal substance, and after obtaining a warrant, much more such items were collected as evidence. An unknown source from the Mm. island has said that three substances, including cocaine, MDMA, or MDA, were found in Chuck's wife, Alicia's makeup bag but no charges were brought for possession of the drugs and apparently nobody seemed interested in clarifying if an outsider really spiked Casey and Caleb's drink or if something far more sinister happened here. And just when things could not look any more suspicious, Barbara and Carly decided to authorize the cremation of their husband's bodies instead of accepting an offer from Barbara's friend to fly the bodies back to the U.S. in his private jet. Whoa. Okay. So Barbara, the widower, the widow, gets an offer from a friend to fly her husband and her husband's friend's bodies to the U.S. on a private jet, and she declines, and she and the other guy's wife opt to cremate them instead? Yes, correct. So definitely guilty. Okay. Right. Uh, But while this kind of behavior sounds strange, the four survivors have claimed they were given no other choice. Which, I don't know what to think about that. Allegedly, the Royal Anguillan Police presented two options to Barbara, Alicia, Carly, and Chuck. In the first scenario, they would accept that Casey died from an overdose and Caleb was strangled. As a result, they would be allowed to leave the island. The second option was that the survivors disagreed with the official findings and then the police would have needed to open a formal investigation in the case. 
Barbara, Alicia, Carly, and Chuck would have all been considered suspects, and they would have remained stuck on the island. This so-called deal allegedly also included a requirement to cremate the bodies. While it doesn't sound too far-fetched that the authorities of a small island wanted just to close the case of two foreign guys' death as fast as it could, it's strange the survivors were forced to choose an option that literally suggests Caleb was murdered. Yeah, I just... I don't understand why if you're a grieving widow and you at this point know that he's been basically bludgeoned to death and or poisoned by a lethal dose of um, a drug, you would choose to cremate the body and get rid of all of the evidence that could help you potentially catch the killer. At this point, I don't care about Anguilla's freaking tourism and how it's going to affect their island yeah i don't care i want answers but yeah i would fight i would use my friend who clearly has a private jet then that means that they would have resources to help me fight this barbara alicia carly and chuck have painted a picture of anguilan law enforcement as extremely corrupt and even scary the four survivors have since refused to return to anguilla even after a coronal inquest was initiated in early 2019 the court hearings have been rescheduled several times because Barbara, Alicia, Carly, and Chuck have failed to show up. Casey's stepfather, Chuck Pomeroy, later recalled how the four friends acted when they arrived in Eagle Point, Oregon. After the tragedy, apparently Barbara did most of the talking, as Chuck explained. Right from the beginning, they said they were poisoned. From the very first, it just didn't feel right to me. I remembered that as they got up to leave, Barbara very seriously said, Hey, do not talk about this. Don't publicize it and talk about it. You'll cause problems. Then when she came back a couple days later, she said she was very adamant about don't say anything. Don't do anything. Don't say anything to who? She just didn't want like, because obviously it's gotten media attention at this point because two American men go over to Aguila and don't come back. So... So now you're just actively doing your part in not being able to find the answers? It's just so sus. (laughs) Right. Another detail that has bothered Casey's loved ones is Barbara's claim that she was also taken to hospital in Anguilla and only learned about Casey and Caleb's death a few days later. The remark makes little sense because Caleb died in the apartment and a family member literally spoke with Barbara on the phone on January 1st while she was in police custody. Casey's death was mentioned during that call. Casey's sister, Debenine, had also said her brother and his wife had a rather strange marriage, as Debenine put it. Casey was leading a double life. He had a life with Barbara and then a life in Los Angeles, which included other relationships. Casey's good friend and agent didn't know, didn't even know he was married. He didn't even know Barbara existed. What the heck? So now her story has changed even more. She's saying, I was in the hospital sick from whatever I drank for two days, not even knowing that my husband and his friend died. Even though earlier in your story, the timeline was that she was in police custody literally that night and was released the next day along with the other wife. Yep. Okay. Yeah, definitely her and the other wife. (laughs) Like it just gets worse and worse. Yeah. 
Furthermore, Casey and Barbara's marriage was confidential, so you don't need a court order to see their marriage license. While this detail doesn't necessarily mean anything, and another oddity is a very complex and bizarre story. To this day, the friends and families of Casey McPherson Pomeroy and Caleb Guillory have not received an answer to what really happened to them. The coroner's inquest remains incomplete because the four survivors refused to return to Anguilla and answer the lingering questions. If Barbara, Alicia, Carly, and Chuck really had nothing to do with Casey and Caleb's death, why can't they take the stand and tell their truth? The coroner's inquest is the thing standing between Barbara and Casey's life insurance money, yet she'd rather file a lawsuit in federal district court to get paid than return to the island for questioning. Almost three years later, nobody can still explain how two alleged poisoning victims died by such different means, and as long as the four survivors do not talk, we may never know the truth. Devonine, however, refuses to give up. I am not going to stop my efforts to raise awareness about this tragedy until I achieve justice for my incredible brother Casey and his friend Caleb. The crime committed is bad enough, but the apparent cover-up by their wives and Anguillan authorities has made the situation all more painful for us. All we seek is justice and for the true story to come out. I don't understand in all this what the motivation is to kill the her, Barbara's husband's friend. Like, why would why would Chuck's wife go along with it? Yeah, so, well, remember, Alicia did call the police, so I feel like maybe Alicia and Chuck weren't involved, and maybe um, Barbara and Carly were the ones that committed the crimes together because both their husbands died or but maybe they was, did take a lot of was, drugs and maybe Casey and um, Caleb got in a fight and that's why Caleb is dead by strangulation and Casey is dead by but did did Casey so we know that Caleb had a life insurance that Barbara cashed out at 1.5 did Casey have Casey, life insurance Casey is married to Barbara. Casey's the one with life insurance. Caleb's the one that... Did Caleb have any life insurance? Like, what is his wife's motivation in all of this? I think they both had life insurance. Okay. Got it. So there's just no info available on the other one because we just talked about... Yeah, there's not really a lot. Mostly Casey's um, the one, like, when I was researching the case, like, I found more about Casey than I did about Caleb. Um, it seems that Casey's family has been more um, verbal about uh. what has happened, and they're more suspicious of Barbara. Um, but Caleb's autopsy was the one that was the strangulation and blunt force trauma. Right. I mean, there's so much motivation here for Barbara. The other relationships, maybe she was jealous. She was insecure about her age and her husband stepping out on her. She was clearly not happy because she doesn't want to look for it. I don't know. There's a lot here to unpack. So it's weird to me that so little is being done. You would think that if this happened in a different country and there was this much media attention that the authorities would do whatever they could to solve the case. But it looks like there's the opposite that's happening. Right. But I think we do see this time and time again um, where there's cover-ups by the police because of tourism and affecting money or like I was listening to one where they were like having a wedding it was like a royal wedding or like 
a very higher upper wedding and a police officer a female police officer was murdered or they think maybe killed herself whatever and they basically washed the crime scene the police and the fire department washed the crime scene so that the wedding could happen the next day what the heck also yeah, so it like, just seems counterproductive things- because if i wanted to now go to anguilla if i'm googling things and the story comes up it's the opposite of effect of what they're hoping to happen like if i'm looking to go to anguilla and this story pops up on my feed i'm like no fuck that i'm not going (laughs) i would probably still go but i mean i don't know if you will see it like there's not that much out there on this case so barbara i do i do know i remember reading something that barbara at first Casey's parents liked Barbara because she was older and they thought like maybe like she was mature and like she could like calm Casey down but then um, it had the opposite where Casey basically like secluded himself which we do see in abusive relationships he secluded himself from his family and like he would use Barbara as an excuse like sorry Barbara doesn't like holidays or family events like she doesn't want to be involved but then he had a double life in LA that doesn't make sense yeah I don't know I think there's a lot of mysteries I was watching a video on one of Casey's friends talking about like how he wants to find answers and he was saying that Casey had a lot of secrets um and maybe one of those secrets bit him in the ass basically but Hmm. we don't know what those secrets are weirdness Anguillan mystery and I don't know what yeah definitely Unsolved, but we definitely know who did it. it. I just don't know why now. Like, we know it's the wives. We just. Yeah, but also, yeah. But also, like, there was Chuck and Alicia there, too. Like, were they part of it? Yeah, that one's just like a giant question mark to me. I don't know why they're going along with it. Did they get a cut of the insurance policy? Maybe they promised them some financial payout if they kept quiet, like, bought their piece? I don't know. Right. But they didn't get the life insurance because the case isn't closed. That's true. But maybe that's why they're holding off. Like, oh, if, if she ever gets paid, then she'll pay us. I don't know. Yeah. Or did Anguilla police threaten him in some kind of way not to say anything? Also just seems odd because the Anguilla police would have no, like, jurisdiction in the States. So they could still speak out here at home. It's not like the U.S. would extradite True. citizens back to the Caribbean and be like, okay, yeah, prosecute them. Do whatever you will. <laughs> yeah. I want to know. Yeah, I definitely want to know what happened that night. Okay, well, if you're listening to this case, petition on social media to chuck in Mallory. No, Alicia. Yes. (laughs) There's a lot of names. (laughs) My brain is like all over the chuck in Alicia to come forward and tell the families of the victims the true story. Hopefully that does something. But yeah. All right. Well, we will see you next week. I don't know about a, what. To at this drink point, in hand. water in hand. <laughs> yeah, at this point, water, water in, hand. in hand. But you guys will have a drink, and we'll toast you no matter what. They all start smoking something. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Maybe. All right. Well, don't let the murder thoughts fight tonight. <laughs>